Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. All right, so 21 selections have been made in the first round of the NHL Draft in Nashville. There have not been any trades. Nobody's moving up. Nobody's moving down. The Oilers don't pick today. They're at 56 tomorrow in round two. Then they have a pick each in round six and seven. We'll see if uh, they make those selections or they move around a little bit. But uh, no movement today as Charlie Strammel out of the University of Wisconsin goes to Minnesota 21st overall. Connor Bedard, of course, went first. Leo Carlson, second to Anaheim. Adam Fantilli, third to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Blue Jays have beaten the San Francisco Giants 6-1. And for the Edmonton Elks today, Eugene Lewis, six-game injured list. I told you yesterday I had a bit of a bad vibe when not only didn't practice, but that Chris Jones said to be determined about his status. Usually if a player's okay, they say maintenance day, bumps and bruises, or, you know, he's going to be fine. Uh, so didn't think he'd play Friday. Didn't know it was going to be a six-game injured list situation, so that is a tough loss for the Edmonton Elks. And it is 4 o'clock for the countdown to kick off on Friday, game at 5.30. And from our Elks broadcast team, former member of the organization, Blake Dermott, checking in. Hello, Blake. How are you? I'm doing just great, Reed. Uh, better than uh, uh, Gina Lewis, that's that, for sure. Uh, that is not great news. Uh, now, I know, I guess, I, except for one play, it's been a bit of a, a quieter start to the season for Lewis, and he fumbled on the one-inch line against uh, Toronto, but I, I was excited what he would was going to do with likely Jarrett Dagey as a quarterback. L- let me ask you this. Um you played for a long time. Uh, you would have seen guys get hurt. You know what? You know that's part of the sport. But when you would show up for a practice or for a you know a, a training day, or, you know the stretching day, a treatment day, whatever, and you start hearing such and such is out of the is out of the lineup, and he's one of your best players. Does does that send a ripple through the team? What's it like? Oh yeah, it's um, it, 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 the thing is too is that for most uh, most of the time you knew somebody was hurt obviously before you had a pretty good idea what was going on before you got to the stadium or to the training. So you, you know it, it it creates depending on what position that they were playing, depending on uh, you know what what their significant contribution was to a team. Uh, that that ripple effect is is greater or smaller, but uh, you know when, whenever you lost a starter, you immediately thought, oh okay, well, you know you uh, you you'd, you'd look at the other guy and and uh, and have to trust that they were going to be able to step up and play. Which we'll see if Maurice French can do that. And kind of the the quirky thing about him, French with two Fs at the start of the name. So another guy gets an opportunity. Cameron Moore got an opportunity last week. So we'll see how it goes. Let's let's talk about the quarterback situation again. Chris Jones won't name the starter, even though Daigie is taking first team reps. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. does it matter what the coach says if one guy's taking the the majority of the reps? Well, I, I gotta believe that. Uh... You know, and, uh, that it's going to be Daggy that will be the starting quarterback after the numbers they put up. It was a nine for 11, 160 yards, and he played a little, little uh, uh, less than two quarters. Uh, that's that's pretty decent numbers. Uh, he did have, uh, you know, a, a couple of touchdowns, and and one that he wishes he had back in a pick six. But uh, you know, it was it was odd because based on numbers, that was Cornelius's best game so far this year, and. Uh, 
between the two quarterbacks, they, they put up, uh, I think it was 300 and 290 yards passing, I think it was, uh, which isn't bad. Um, that, so they didn't they didn't have terrible day a terrible day with that. It's just that nobody's scoring and nobody's winning any games in Green Gold. And when that happens, you gotta you gotta try something different. And uh, I thought Daggy looked really good in, in preseason when we were down in Calgary. We got a chance to watch him. Uh, he, he looked uh, uh, in command of the offense uh, and looks like he's uh, got some energy. And uh, and I think players will play for that. And then when he got in the game this last game, I thought he did, I thought he did an excellent job. And I got a little lucky on his second touchdown pass. But... Uh, but you know, other than that, I thought he he made plays. He he cr- uh, created space and ran around and 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 on that touchdown that was tipped and uh, uh, to uh, for, uh, uh, yeah, to Forbes, I guess Forbes from Montblanc. It was uh, it was a uh, a lucky play, but it was it was made possible because he was able to get outside the pocket and make something happen. Well, and that's and that's the one thing that Dayy seemed to release the ball a little quicker than Cornelius had been and, and was able to escape and, and give, create a little bit of chaos, I guess, for the Argos. D- different, though, to me, going in as a starter, right? Like, how different is it that he's in there at the start of the game? Well, it's a whole lot different, obviously. You uh, um, uh, you know, I remember uh, situations in my career where you were always, you know, not only were you a starter in a position, but if somebody went down someplace else, sometimes you were the backup over there. And then, and uh, it was always, uh, I was always more relaxed going in as a backup um, because, uh, because you knew that there wasn't as much pressure on you, uh, you know, other than, you know, the fact that there was a, uh, you're, you're trying to uh, perform and, and uh, you don't want to embarrass yourself with the team, but you, you knew that, you know, this was, this was an emergency type situation and, and it worked really well. I, I remember there's a, a guy that I, I uh, played with, played a long time, played about nine, 10 years in the, in the league. Uh, Mike McLean was a, a linebacker and a special teams guy most of his career. Uh, but there are a number of times that, uh, you know, there'd be injuries someplace and Mike would go in and play fantastic. Uh, you know, coming coming off the bench, um, and then when given the opportunity uh, to go in as a starter the following week at that same position, I, I don't think he ever had the success that he did coming off the bench because I think you know that you're right. It's a different preparation. You've got a whole week to think about it instead of you know 25 seconds, and right. you've got <laughs> you've got you've got some some doubt and some preparation time, and and maybe you outthink it. I mean. Obviously, he, uh, he uh, you know, Mike could play because he would go in and play, but it was a, it was a different situation to look at. But as a starter. Sticking with the quarterbacks for a second, Kai Loxley got cut on, uh, I guess it was Tuesday when he was formally released after getting one play in the game on Sunday. Or maybe it was Monday he was released, and then Tuesday Jones, Jones wouldn't elaborate on it. Um, were you surprised? I mean, we saw what happened. We saw him kind of withdraw from his teammates. In your professional opinion, like, do you assume something else happened Sunday night, or Jones saw what happened during the game and thought, "Okay, yeah, that's it, man." Well, I think that the uh, when when a decision is made like that, it's not always what you see, and uh, I think there's more to it. And and uh, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me if you know. I mean, there was there was probably some backlash towards Kyle Oxley after not getting uh, a first down on short yardage uh, a couple of weeks back. And uh, and then you know he doesn't get many other opportunities to go in, and when he finally goes in, then there's you know a, 
one play and he's out. And and I think, you know, that over the course of the last couple of weeks, there must have been body language or issues like that that the coaching staff basically said, okay, well, maybe we've lost him now, so it's no, no sense keeping him. And uh, and I think that's that's probably a, uh, probably what happened. Yeah, uh, tough for him to go through, but, uh, you know, I guess the coaching staff had to do what they, they thought was necessarily a necessary. Khalil Tate is signed. He's going to be the third-string guy, and Jones says he'll be the short, short yardage guy. Which of all the frustrations, Blake, this year, to me that might be the biggest one. I mean, you after the first game, you and I did almost an entire segment on quarterback sneaks, <laughs> which I don't yeah. think we've ever done before. Uh, they were better against BC. Um, but then, again, short yardage issues against the Toronto Argos. I mean, Daigie, when they had that confusion, got, got stuffed. They tried an outside run again. They had the one on the goal line uh, where they tried a couple running plays that went nowhere, and then I, they finally passed it in. But of all the frustrations, I, th- I, mean, I think that's what a lot of fans are saying. How can you not get a yard or a yard and a half as often as the Elks haven't this season? Yeah, no, I, I, I have no idea why it, this is an issue. I, I mean, it's difficult for me to understand because I don't, I, I, I just don't remember it being an issue when I play. And, you know, I, I, I think there's a big part of the way the game has evolved, right? There's a simplicity to the game now that there wasn't before. And uh, and maybe that's because the way defenses play. You know, they, they, they there's so much – forget about the man in front of them. They're not trying to you touch the man. They want to go through gaps. So everything's taken away. But, I mean, I remember handing the ball off to a fullback in the backfield. I remember – having three or four guys in the backfield and, you know, two lead blockers and then a you know, guy getting the ball. And, and, and now when it's short yardage, you don't see anybody in the backfield. So all that's telling the defense is, is that there's only one person that can do anything. So let's plug up all the holes and let's have guys fly over the top and hit your quarterback. You know, there's, there's, there seems to be no misdirection. There seems to be no, um, um, there, there's no power, you know, a power running game. And this isn't a knock against the Elks. I mean, you watch every team in the league that, that goes into short yardage. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. And I understand the, the, the rules and rationale, reasons and rationale for it. The, the longer you take to get the ball going forward, the more time you allow the defense to get penetration and the more opportunities there is to, to uh, uh, you know, to get maybe get hit in the backfield, but but for a hundred years, right. uh, that was successful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why in the last couple you don't see that anymore. Um, but uh, it's it's it is the way it is now, and 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 I find it a little frustrating. I, you know, there's that old saying, whatever's whatever's old is new again. You know, I think when a team starts doing that, they're going to be looked at as these fantastic guys or just these these creative minds and it's going to be because there's really nothing new in football it's all it's you know you could go back 30 40 50 years and they've probably run that specific play at some point and but nobody's seen it for that long so you've forgotten how to prepare for it or to defend it <laughs> right and it's you know so um it, it is just a uh, it's it's at a point in its cycle where it becomes, like I said, the simplicity of football is, is where they're at. And, and uh, at some point, somebody's going to change it and come up with a, a fantastic new idea that is going to be about 40 years old. Blake Dermott joining us at Inside Sports, our in-game analyst for Elks football here on 6.30. Chad, you're also going to hear him on the Countdown to Kickoff show starting at 4 on Friday, the game 
Edmonton at Ottawa starts at uh, at 5:30. I mean, and I and I said this on Monday that. And, and I probably was as negative as I've sounded about the double E maybe ever in all my years as, as hosting, but you got to acknowledge the good things too. CJ Sims. And look, we, we had some hope at returner last year with Christian Salisbury. And unfortunately he was killed in the off season and they thought they had a guy there. CJ Sims was very exciting returning the ball on Sunday. Uh, how did he do it? And does he have a, a skill set? I mean, a lot of guys have a good debut and then they get figured out. Do you think Sims might have something? Okay. I, I, well, I thought I worded that question really well. Maybe Blake hung up. Uh, <laughs> he didn't think it was that good. Well, Kellen, why don't we just take a timeout and we'll see if we can reconnect with Blake. It's Inside Sports on Ched. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Connected with Blake here. Blake, thanks for sticking around. I, I just wanted to ask you about one more player. Uh, returner CJ Sims. Exciting regular season debut. Now, sometimes players do well early and then maybe get figured out a little bit. We'll see what happens with him. What, what did you see? Do you think there might be a skill set there that uh, could make him a, a good returner for the Elks? Well, I, I was impressed with his uh, ability to to uh, to make something happen and create a, a space for himself out on the field. But but I, I also think you got to hand it to the, the the teams that were blocking for him. You know, I um, you could have uh, the best returner in the world, but if nobody's throwing a block, uh, then then uh, it, it's just not going to go anywhere. But I, I thought that was you know from from a. You know, one of the bright, shining spots on that whole game for the outside, that, that special teams return unit for both kickoff and punts was fantastic uh, uh, last week. Yeah, and that's been an, uh, a weakness on the team. Well, I mean, for, what, we haven't had our punt return since 2015, I think, when Kendall Lawrence brought one back. So, so Yeah, it's, uh, been, it's been about as long as it's been since they handed a, a ball to a fullback on short yardage. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you're counting. <laughs> <laughs> well, some teams, well, Tanner Green got hurt, and now they, they signed a new fullback. I mean, some NFL teams don't even have fullbacks anymore. That must really bug you. Oh, no, they, uh, they, they all have them, but they're using them. They call them an H-back, or maybe they, they double as a tight end. But, yeah, no, they, that is sort of a lost uh, position. But uh, a, big, a big running back like a, you know, a Blake Marshall or, a, you know, a Neil Lumsden type uh, yeah, those, you just don't see those guys, or, or they're, they're tight ends now. You know, Calvin McCarty was like that. You know, fantastic player, played uh, 13 years for for the Green and Gold, and uh, um, and those were guys that they used for short yardage, gave the ball to, and and, and I would like to see that. I, I would like to see them come out and try that because I, you know, they, they can't seem to do any worse. <laughs> That's well, yeah. Sometimes it's that simple. You can't do worse. The NHL draft is going on. Uh, I have never asked you about how you actually became a member of the Green and Gold. I know you told me the story that you were when you were negotiating a contract that the GM left and shut the lights off and locked you in the building. Um, but was there? That was, that was Frank Morris. He was a he was a Canadian scout that handled. Oh, Canadian scout. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great story. Uh, like, were you drafted? Were you a territorial, um, you know, property of the team? How did it work? Yeah, I was a, a ter- territorial exemption, and I think that uh, they they only had uh, maybe one or two years after that where they were allowed to have territorial exemptions. I think there was two my year, and then it dropped down to one, and then 
and then um, um, I think Stu McAndrews and myself were territorial, and then they dropped down to one the year after that, and the following year they got rid of them. Okay, so you 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 had you it was because of you they had to end that because you were so valuable. I think <laughs> something like that. Okay, all right. Hey, uh, thanks for hopping on. I know we got you working again on Friday, so I appreciate you doing this. Uh, I always love your insight, man. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks a lot, Reed. Talk to you later. That is Blake Dermott checking in. Of course, he was uh, from the uh, U of A Golden Bears to the Double E. Josiah Shackle, a linebacker. He was a U of A Golden Bear. Now he's with the Edmonton Elks. After originally being with the Calgary Stampeders, he talked to Morley today. Here at Edmonton Elk. How's that feel? Uh, feels good. Feels good to be back at home. Um, it was kind of unexpected. Um, but like when Chris Jones reached out, I was just like, you know what, I got to take it. He gave me an opportunity, so I got to prove myself. Uh, tell me how it came about over the last few days. Uh, it just happened yesterday. Uh, I went to go volunteer somewhere. Next thing you know, I got a phone call. Hey, can you be in Edmonton? He actually thought I was in Edmonton, but I was in, in Calgary. I just packed up my stuff and headed north. Um, had meetings all day, just trying to catch up uh, to the program. So, Tell me about the uh, three-hour drive. What's going on in your head while you're driving up Highway 2? Uh, oh, man, I was just like thankful for the opportunity. Um, like, you know, like God put me in, in this position for a reason. He put me on this team, so I just got to, you know, prove myself and take every opportunity I got. Damn. But that was like kind of what I was thinking. I was like, um, just super, super grateful for the opportunity and just keep, keep pushing and I was looking forward to see how the meetings went and they went really well, so it went well. It looks like you're in this week. How difficult is that to step in and get your assignment straight and be ready to go in a game? I mean, it, it, it's difficult to step in, but, you know, it requires time, and if you put the time in, I believe you can do it, right? So, I mean, the coaches were good with, to me. They were, they were saying, like, we don't want to send anything too complex towards my way. Just keep it simple. Just let me play football. So, You grew up in Sherwood Park, right? Yes. Yeah, so uh, an Edmonton fan growing up? Yeah, yeah. I've, I watched um, Alex ever since I was, like, a kid, basically. I remember going to the games and with my dad and stuff. So, Your time with Calgary, did you get any action here? Yeah, yeah, I had, a, I had a game up here. I think it was one of my second or third game, I think. I, I got some action here. So, so that, uh, this won't be your first time playing on this field as a pro, so at least you kind of got that behind you a little bit. You know, you kind of know what to expect? Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I kind of just take each game as they come. Um, you know, each game's going to be a little different, and I just kind of get my mindset, get zoned in, and I don't worry about any anything that's like affecting my play. So, You've, I'm sure, been watching from afar through the first three weeks of the season. What's your take on what you've seen with this club who's obviously in, in, having some issues right now? Um, you know, like I think like, like Coach said Coach Coach said it's just like, you know, each club like it doesn't matter about the start, it's matter about the ending and he's like, there's a lot of teams that are 0-3 and they turn it around, right? And I see that in this team, like they're fired up they're ready to go, you know, they're focused so it's good. Good to be back in green and gold? Yeah, it's great to be back in green and gold. Josiah Shackle, linebacker, now with the Edmonton Elks uh, after a year with the Stamps, U of A before that. Okay, draft is ongoing. It'll continue tomorrow morning. Uh, Stoffer will have tons of uh, updates with you uh, for you from noon to 2 tomorrow on Oilers Now. I got Inside Sports tomorrow from 6 to 8. Big thanks to Dave Campbell. He is the producer of the show, Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening. Thank you.